0: Hello friends. Oh my gosh. Let me just start off by saying that I am incredibly blissed out right now. I just taught my very first meditation class at Lucid Yoga. My very first meditation class. Like I was a teacher. Like I sat in front of a class and taught it in a studio. What? Oh my I, after it was done, I literally just walked around and was like, oh my God. What? Oh my God. And <laughs> just like, I don't know. <laughs> couldn't believe, couldn't believe how quickly this transpired into my life. It's interesting because I had planned to take my meditation teacher training last year. May 2018, but my grandfather died and we had his funeral, so I couldn't go to that class, of course, um, and so I rescheduled for this May 2019, and I was like, there's got to be a reason, like, there's got to be a bigger cosmic reason, you know, and so I, it had to do with, I think, first, when I was at the actual class, the people I was meeting there would obviously be different than the people that I met would have met in 2018. So I think that that was very purposeful, those specific people that I met during that course and that class. And I didn't even know that lucid yoga existed in 2018, you know? And that landed in my lap only in April. So in April, I start going to lucid yoga. In May, I get trained to be a meditation teacher trainer, teacher, (laughs) what? (laughs) Meditation teacher. And in June, I get a job there. And, like, I didn't even really have to apply. It just was the natural order of events. I was like, hey, would you like me to teach meditation at your studio? And they were like, yes, I love it. What? Oh, my God. So I'll be there on Sundays at 8 p.m. teaching guided meditation. It went really well. I had three students, and they were all men which I've never experienced before in that kind of setting. The men usually completely out, are underweighed. Underweighed? Outweigh? Inweigh? <laughs> I don't know. The women outweigh the men, usually, in these classes. But not today. I was the only woman there. And it was really cool. I felt the vibe, it felt really balanced. It was very cool. Uh, so yeah, if you are in Edmonton, please come to my uh, class. Check me out. I really, really, really love doing it. Like it's, it's divine how incredibly blissed out I feel while doing this and afterwards. It's like a connection I can't even describe that has just happened between me and other people. Wow. Okay. I feel like I'm really where I'm supposed to be. That's where I'm at right now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just, uh, I did another social event on Saturday night with Sober Saturdays, the um, Jaeger Social, and it was awesome. What I found really cool was that I was running the dry bar with Bean, which is the, um, she's the operations manager of Sober Saturdays, and it was just me and her, and we were making non-alcoholic drinks, and if you saw my Instagram story, uh, they were like, dynamite. We had one that had memento in it, which is a spirit from Milan. And it's very, like, floral and ro- kind of rose. It's not that, like, sickly rose, you know, but it it has a floral and, like, a kind of, like, a deep honey flavor and scent to it. And we mixed it with watermelon juice, a cube of watermelon, some lime juice, and uh, club soda. And it was a woman came up to us and she was like, this is the best drink I've ever had in my whole life. Zero proof drinks, my friends. They, they're they happening. And almost every single person who came up to us that night was a non-drinker. And for a myriad of reasons. There was this group of people. It was uh, two brothers. Their other brother was in the hospital. The one guy, he was—he's been sober for fifteen years. The other guy doesn't drink because he suffers from depression and his brain doesn't like it. And the other guy just had, who was in this uh, hospital, just had heart surgery and isn't, you know, supposed to drink now. And so the three of them are now in this like sober life together. And they loved the drinks. They loved the non-alcoholic beer from Partake that we offered. And people were coming up to us, they're like, oh, I've never drank. Me and my husband, we're just, we, it's part of our religion, we have never drank. And so to have this offering at an event like this actually caters to us. Oh my God, I, I love it. It was so weird to be amongst people who are like, not just people in recovery, but a whole community of people that don't drink. And that was like the norm. I felt really, really good at that event. Um, And so Sober Saturdays is going to cater all their quarterly events going forward uh, with the dry bar. So if you're interested in that, check it out because it's a free event. It supports local artists. I bought like so much of this macrame stuff from this woman called Macromore. I'll tag her in some photos on Instagram. I have done it in my store already, but I I took a beautiful photo of this wall hanging that I bought from her. And now it's in my meditation space. I'm looking at it right now because it's right beside my office. not divided by anything except for my Monstera plant. <laughs> and it is like just gorgeous. And I bought earrings too. You'll see them in my upcoming photos. I have a photo shoot tomorrow with Dallas, my photographer. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, next week. Next week, I'm going to be at uh, Happy Harbor, which is now called Wonderland. It's an LGBTQ event. Um, so, uh, Bean from Sober Saturdays and Jakai are both part of that community and they're going to have their own booth. So Sober Saturdays and Jakai's company, She Makes Jewelry, they're going to be there and, uh, they're letting me sell my books there as well. So I'm going to be there kind of like as a co-vendor, but it's all LGBTQ plus, uh, vendors at this event and they have a really cool um pride section in their comic books it's a comic book store and video game store uh, it's on 104 avenue just across from Gramercy kewan so if you're in the area and you're looking for some pride stuff to do and to support local and support the lgbtq community did i say that right lgbtq plus yeah come check us out it's from 12 till 6 on Saturday, the 15th. Okay, awesome. Let's get into this episode because it's already been like seven and a half minutes and I'm just rambling already. Oh, man. Okay, maybe this will be a lengthy one. I have a lot to say, apparently. Um, I guess that fits with Denise Speaks, right? Mm, Okay, so this poem, I swear, is like honestly a manifesto to myself on how to be my real self. And uh, I hope it rings true for you, too. It's called True North. For the better part of a decade, loneliness has been my number one excuse. But time has taught me that loneliness is a blessing, a powerful agent of change. It's the moment we shift from distraction to meeting our true selves. Our first instinct is to fill the void, fill it with booze and sex and drugs and food and followers and selfies. We must fight against this urge. We must greet the loneliness, sit in the abyss and welcome ourselves home oh, isn't that just like the essence of it? Just in like the very beginning of sobriety, when you take away the thing that has been filling the void, albeit making it larger as you do it, it's just kind of like pouring water into a crack in the cement. And as it freezes over winter, The crack gets larger because the water expands. And then that's how we get really rough roads with potholes, and it's a mess. (laughs) That was a tangent, but here we go. This is the void, you know? The void from the get-go that has existed from, I don't know, the beginning of time within us, created by trauma, created by interpersonal relationships created by situations. I don't know. Created by whatever it was created by for you. And we're just uh, grasping at straws to make it feel better and to, you know, patch patch the hole. So, loneliness. That's what got me in the beginning. Loneliness. So, my addiction really ramped up. I was still at home, living at home, and <sighs> I have so many memories of just like being up all night because I was a shift worker. I entered into my career in EMS like right, right away. I was 19. Um, most people are still in university at that point, right? You get out of high school, you go to university probably for four years. So most of my friends either hadn't gone to university yet or were in it, um, including my boyfriend. And so I was just kind of, I was in it. I think we were 20 or 21 when we got together. And I was working shift work and I was up all night, even on my days off, right? Like I was so night shift oriented that I would be up all hours of the night and not a lot of other people are awake during that. And there's also not a lot to do during those hours, right? Um, All night gyms are a godsend. I never utilized that back then. Um, I wasn't really into fitness and that's okay. Um, But that's like what else can you do in the middle of the night? Go to Tim Hortons and hang out in the drive-through? I don't know, like there's nothing actually to do. So that became a recipe for disaster for me because I would be up all night and I would be so lonely and I would be just on the internet, scrolling away, trying to find somebody who was awake to talk to and just kind of being, woe is me, I'm separate. You know, the separateness. Everybody else is living this normal life, and I'm this weird vampire girl who is separate. And so booze became my friend instead. And I would just lay on the couch and drink all night and, like, watch Criminal Minds all night on my computer, just on the couch like that. And that hole got bigger, right? It made me even more separate and then eventually you start craving the separateness because then you have a reason to drink more. That becomes the comfort. And so I really started noticing this once I removed alcohol from the equation. The hole was still there, right? And there is even a a larger feeling of separateness and loneliness and aloneness once you enter into recovery, because now not only are you, for me, a shift worker, (laughs) thank God I live with my boyfriend, hey, like, I don't know, I don't know, that really helped on the loneliness factor for sure, I wonder what it would have been like if I had lived alone, maybe I would have never even got sober, you know, um, so, there's this loneliness that was amplified tenfold because, one, I wasn't soothing it anymore, the way it was used to being soothed, and now I couldn't engage in all of the things that made me a social person. And that was, like, two claws, two clawed hands reaching into my soul and just tearing open this hole and gaping my chest open wide and my organs fell out of my rib cage, you know? Like, I, it was impossible, except the thing is, is that you have, you have to bear it. It feels so impossible, but the only way for that hole to sort of stitch up and mend back together is to stop putting horrible, toxic shit into it, you know? Instead of ripping it open at every chance, you just you just have to sit. And it sucks. It feels like you're dying, but you have to do it. And so I started noticing, too, like, when I would get this sort of anxious, loneliness feeling, I would reach for my cell phone and start scrolling through social media. And I would... Um, you know, social media is an interesting thing because... It's designed, like, spe- specifically things, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, basically all of it is designed to have that those little notification icons, right? And when we see those, we get a hit of dopamine, much like we do when we drink alcohol. And so we get this little hit, and... I just got my nails in and I tried to snap, and it was like nothing. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... It's designed to, it's designed to addict us to it. And to get this rush every time we see that somebody likes our stuff, likes us, is interested in us, has sent us a message, is communicating with us. Somebody has cast the net and caught us, you know? Like we, like we're now connected and someone has chosen us and it feels really good and we want more of it. And so that's a really, really easy um, thing that most of us, most of us are addicted to. Um, and I, I really started to analyze this once I was into recovery, right? I was, I was looking at, at everything. I was saying, oh, well, like, okay, I see, I see this hole that's created alcohol. I can't fill it. That was the problem. And then you start thinking about, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be filling this hole with my telephone, you know, like maybe I, maybe this is wrong. Maybe this is the wrong thing for me to be doing because when I feel like this is being, uh, being connective, and and bringing me closer to community and and people, perhaps I'm just fostering separateness. Because it's impossible to feel lonely when there is no separateness going on within you. When there's no space between you and your true core identity, that part of you that is, has been there from day one, when there is nothing between that, it's impossible to be alone. There's so much that we use sex and food booze drugs social media all this stuff there's so much stuff it's endless video games it's endless this this availability of things for us to use as salve for our wounds it is soothing it makes us comfortable, it makes us, it feels known, you know, if it, it's like a place where we can go and, and feel like, okay, we know this, we can control this, this is okay. But it divides us, it divides us. And so when I say loneliness is a powerful agent of change, now that can be the, the true indicator for you to know that there is a hole. When you feel that longing for connection, that longing for for something to make you feel like it's different than the way you are right now, you can say to yourself, oh, I recognize that. I acknowledge this. I acknowledge this feeling and I am going to choose not to engage with it. Instead, I'm just going to sit with this feeling and see what happens. And I'll tell you what, every time I've done that, it's made me stronger. It's made me more comfortable for longer. It's made me feel like I don't need those other things. And it is a practice. It absolutely is. It takes time, just like any muscle, right? You just have to build it. You have to work at it before before it becomes that is the initial response versus the, oh, I'm standing in the line. I better grab my phone. Oh, I'm in the elevator and there's another person, I better look at my phone. There's one split second of a pause between stimulus in my life, I better grab my phone. Instead of being present and in your body, it takes us out. You know, we want out. Even if it's not conscious, we want out. But we can stay. We can choose to stay instead. Let's look at this again. Let's open it up here. True north. And that's the thing. I I called it true north because it's like a compass. It's like the symbol that's like, okay, you feel lost. Well, here it is, actually. This is the direction. You should not go in the way that feels like you should. You should go against it. You should go the opposite direction and just be connect with yourself rather than connecting with your screen. And you just sit there in the abyss, sit in the abyss, and you welcome yourself home. It's like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you for a while, you know? Hey, what have you been up to? Check in, because we've been vacant for a long time. We haven't been here. It's a really, really um, wonderful and, I will say, soothing feeling to reconnect with yourself. Like, actually. Actually have time that's, like, quiet and uninterrupted. Do some meditation. I mean, I will always plug meditation. It's a great way to to get back to you. You can actually ask um, these questions of yourself while you're meditating. You can um, when you're having thoughts that crop up, you can say, okay, who is having these thoughts? Is it really, like, is it really my true self that's having these thoughts, or is it my ego, or is it just this, these preconceived notions that, like, I should be doing this, or I should feel this, or all these shoulda, woulda coulda kind of, kind of stuff, and these cyclical thoughts that kind of trap you, and, and I just read, I just read a poem, It was called overthinking, and was by um, Sadina something on Instagram. Oh man, I can't find my phone right now. I literally just had it, but um, the notion was overthinking um, fosters old ghosts, and when you overthink, it traps them and makes and, and makes you feel haunted. So when we can we can sort of like quiet down and get into ourselves. We banish those ghosts, you know? We banish the the negativity and the cycles of feelings that make us feel like there should be something else when the only thing that you actually need is, is you and your heart and your soul. And it's always there. It hasn't gone anywhere. You're like... Yeah, sure, you've been escaping, but you've always been here, and you can come back. You can come back and sit in your body, and you can ask yourself, who is having these thoughts, and do they serve me? And if the answer is no, then release them. Keep coming back to it. It might not happen the first time, the second time, the tenth time, the hundredth time, but the practice of releasing the things that do not serve you including that feeling of loneliness it's all about perspective it's about seeing the fact that that, that loneliness is not meant to send us searching outward it's supposed to make us search inward There's all these weird feelings in the body that I think we have been misinterpreting for a long time. Like anxiety. It feels like fear. But it's your body preparing you for something amazing. Or hard. It's getting you ready for... to To face whatever you're up against. And that doesn't mean that the thing that you're up against is bad. It's just perceived as important. That's what it means to me anyway, for my own. It, it, it means follow the path. So then the weird feelings like loneliness or anxiety, that's the thing that you need to follow. You just you follow it down the path, follow it down inward, and, and really explore and be like, okay, why am I feeling like this? Why? Is it just because my brain is addicted to something? Is it just because there is this pattern that I've been been doing over and over and over and over again? And it's my brain is freaking out now that I haven't, you know, indulged it. I haven't said today, you know what, today I'm I'm not going to do blank that I always do. And your brain will start freaking out and be like, what are you doing? This is this is not what we do this is, it's 6pm, it's we normally drink alcohol at this point. What are you doing? We normally sit down and binge five hours of Netflix. What are you doing? It doesn't like change. That's why it's so hard. It literally, it literally gets addicted to the chemicals that are released when you do habitual things. It's so, it's so simple. So, it's, it's a well-oiled machine. Your brain is very smart and capable and and gets these things, um, it, it, it just likes routine so much. And when you flip that on its head, it freaks out. And that's okay, But and, and that's the practice of it, right? That's how we grow is when we actually are, be, can, can become aware that this is happening. To me, it becomes incredibly interesting I've always been a sucker for science, especially, like, neuroscience. I find it so thrilling. Thrilling? I would say enthralling. Let's do that one instead. Thrilling. What a wild ride! Like, I don't know. It's fine. I like it. I do find it incredibly interesting. And the more I can understand it, the why, how, it makes it so much easier to be like, oh, I see what you did there, brain. Hmm curious. But not today. Not today, brain. Okay. That about wraps it up, I think. True North. For the better part of a decade, loneliness has been my number one excuse. But time has taught me that loneliness is a blessing, a powerful agent of change. It's the moment we shift from distraction to meeting our true selves. Our first instinct is to fill the void. Fill it with booze and drugs and sex and food and followers and selfies. We must fight against this urge. We must greet the loneliness. Sit in the abyss and welcome ourselves home. Okay, go out and welcome yourselves home today, my loves. I hope you have a fantastic week. I will see you next Monday.